Third District Congressman Jim Banks. Congressman Banks, good afternoon to you, sir. Hey, Pat. Good to be with you. Um, so let me ask you a question. So have you remembered now how, when you're in the floor of the House, how it is that you cast votes? I mean, do you know how it works now and you know which buttons to push and things like that? Well, in this case, we're not pushing buttons. It's a it's a rare, unique well, that's right. experience where it's a roll call, where you go through the 435 names. Of course, Banks is toward the beginning of the alphabet. It feels like Groundhog day the movie where i'm walking onto the floor i say my name i i leave the floor and go back to the office and uh we i just cast my vote for the 10th time the fourth time today it's just on repeat over and over and over again and at some point pat we have to do something to to break the the log jam uh that unfortunately that hasn't happened yet is it is it going to be a contest between the will of Congressman McCarthy or the will of certain factions within the House or the, uh, the the will of the political party? Where does the break need to come? At one of those three points? Or does it need to happen in some kind of a cooperation between a couple of them? I think it's it's a combination of, of all the above. Um, the, the members on both sides need to feel more pressure to come to, con- come to a consensus and unify. <laughs> around McCarthy or someone else. If someone else can get 218 votes, then we have to, we have to unify to do that. And uh, unfortunately, that hasn't happened yet. This has only happened a handful of times in American history. And uh, now on the 10th ballot, and I suspect this ballot won't result in the election of a speaker either, uh, my hope is that we can go into a, into a conference meeting and have a, a conversation. Unfortunately, we haven't done that, in, that since... Um, early on uh, Tuesday morning, our, our conference hasn't gathered together to have the conversation hash this out in private rather than and not, not just in private, but having conversation among the members of the conference and, and talk about it to come to a, a consensus and unify so we can come back to the floor and get this done. My, my biggest issue at this point, Pat, because there, there, has, there, has been, there have been a number of positives that have come out of this, I mean, rules that empower rank-and-file members. I, I want to work in a Congress where the Speaker of the House matters a lot less, and our our rank-and-file members, like myself, matter a whole lot more. And we've made a lot of strides in that direction with rule, rules changes that empower members to offer more amendments, more of an open process, 72 hours to be able to read bills instead of having bills stuffed uh, in front of us, uh, just a few hours, like the the, the $1.7 trillion omnibus bill that we had a few hours to read, um, mm-hmm. rules that make this place run better. I mean, th- those, are out, those are positive outcomes that have come out of this process. But at this point, we're slowing down our ability to go to work and focus on the issues that matter, like the border, like our national security, uh, like, uh, like uh, inflation and the drug epidemic and all the things that we promised the voters we would do. Leading up to the midterm election, uh, we're slowing down our ability to do that. Talk to me about one thing that's come up. You talk about some of the rules that have changed and some of the things that have happened. Let's talk about this motion to vacate. Um, Basically, what it says is that should the Speaker of the House, McCarthy or anybody, get so sideways from what his party or the people in his party consider to be what it is he's supposed to be doing that you can then call for a motion to vacate um is is that a good idea 
I mean, because this is not just something to where this could happen within the next week or two. My understanding is it could happen from this point forward. Yeah, you know, this is a this is a Jeffersonian rule that has been in effect where with with a threshold of just one member up until the point that it was used to oust John Boehner. When when our friend Marlin, uh, who preceded me, was in Congress and Mark Meadows went and offered the motion to vacate that took down John Boehner, that rule was in place up until that point, And then the rule went away. And most of the, the Pelosi era, that motion to vacate rule was was changed and and uh, that process changed. So I'm all for going back to what it was for over 200 years of our nation's history and allow that rule to stay into effect and stay in place. And it still it still would take a majority of the body to vote to keep a speaker in place if that happened. Uh, McCarthy's deal with the conservatives and some of those who are, are still holding out was a threshold of five, and and many of them want one, and I, I think that's going to be a part of a deal that's being hashed out as we speak that might win back over some of these holdouts to support McCarthy if they change it from five to one. And I'm, I'm fully does, supportive of that. Yeah, I, d- Does it make sense? I, I brought this up yesterday, Congressman, and I said, okay, let's do this. Let's say, okay, when we finish voting three times today, if we're still not there, let's just say we're done, and then let's go have dinner, and then everybody in our conference, let's come back together uh, in, you know, in the, the – uh, the future speaker's office or in the office of some leader in Congress, and let's just hash this out until we're done. Okay, everybody realizes that we're not all the way there yet, so let's stop acting like we're all the way there yet, and and let's try to deal with this in a way that makes sense, and it 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 edifies the country as opposed to whatever this is that we're doing now. Yeah, and the reason why that's so important, Pat, as you describe it, is that the Democrats... Um, have an opportunity here to steal the speaker's gavel away from Republicans, even though we just won the majority. And that's what we have to be aware of, is that you could have a few renegade, more moderate Republicans work with Democrats to elect a Democrat speaker. I mean, think about that for a moment. If you had a couple of, of moderate Republicans that were willing to make a deal and maybe they get a, a plum uh, committee assignment or a chairmanship or something like that, and we're willing to give that up, five five Republicans could work with Democrats and put Nancy Pelosi back in the Speaker's chair. So that's where this gets really dangerous. There have been some some talk of changing the rules so that the Speaker would be chosen on a plurality vote. That that would mean that 10 times now, Hakeem Jeffries would become the Speaker of the House if we changed the rules to do that. And the reason that some Republicans are talking about that, because they want that threat out there so that some of these holdouts, if they vote against the Republican choice, then they might, you know, you might hold them responsible for electing a Democrat speaker. But boy, Pat, I, that seems really dangerous to me to go down that path. Let's work this out in a way that we can ensure that a Republican and a, and a conservative Republican is in the speaker's chair, not a Democrat. Yeah. Yeah, if that opens up some kind of Pandora's box where the scenario you just played out could possibly happen, I don't want my name on it. I don't want to be anywhere near a rule like that. I mean, I just I don't want to be, you know, some answer to some question uh, in a social studies class 20 years from now. Oh, Miller's the one that caused that to happen. (laughs) Your listeners don't know. I've been texting you over and over offering to put Pat Miller's name Uh uh, in nomination for the speaker's chair. And you've been begging me not to. But we might be getting Uh to that point. 
No, 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 that, no. Not only no, but heck no. Um, but uh, <laughs> I can't even imagine. Um, so, so are are you? To the point now, I, I'm, I'm guessing, now this, you and I have not talked directly on this, right? I'm right. guessing, I'm guessing you're a little frustrated, but you're not distraught, at least not yet. Uh, that's a that's a good way to put it. I mean, this is where we're living through a little bit of history here and, and watching this process play out. It's fa- a fascinating process. It's messy, but this process is often messy. And um, I want I want to get this right because I want to roll up my sleeves and go to work and focus on the issues and what Republicans in the past have failed to do is keep their commitments. I want this Congress to do what we said we were going to do, and if we do that, we'll grow the majority, we'll win back the White House, and I want to I want a rules process and a Congress that's equipped to do that with a with a leader in the Speaker's chair that that can pave the way to make that happen. I think we're there. I mean, I. You know, I, uh, on Fox and Friends this morning, I, I quoted the ancient philosopher Mick Jagger, who said, "You can't always get what you want, but if you try, sometimes you get what you need." And I think we got what we need here to to make that happen, to to move forward in a positive way that will allow us to keep our commitment. And um, so I'm 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 not I'm not distraught. I'm not discouraged. I'm not even mad about it. But we got. We got to get to a point where we unify and come together, or we're going to be living through this over the next couple of years, and that's that's when we will disappoint and let down our voters. And I think the I think the consequences of that would be disastrous in yep. the next in the pre- next presidential election in 2024. I think you're right. Uh, I hereby, since you brought this up, I hereby defy you uh, to go and to quote Mick Jagger on the floor of the House, uh, just <laughs> just to see how that comes out. <laughs> Um, so do you think, okay, one week from today, are we still doing this? I don't think so. I, you know, we're, we, this is the latest we've been, uh, on the floor over the, this is the third day. It's the latest we've been on the floor over the last three days. By the way, that's not up to us. Since there's no speaker and there are no rules, the clerk of the house is running the floor and running the vote. So. You know, some of us would like to just, you know, if it if we're here twenty four seven, let's do this as long as it takes to get it over with and get it done, so that we can get to work. I I have a feeling that if um, a resolu- a resolution doesn't come tonight or tomorrow, then we'll be over here over the weekend. And there's nothing like threatening uh, some of these longtime uh, Congress critters from losing their weekends and. Uh-huh. Being here uh, overnight, missing out on on some of their fancy dinners that would get them to act quicker and get to work and do the right thing. So, with that threat looming, I, I hope that we come to a resolution quickly. Well, and, and I hope so too, and not for the cause of dinners or anything like that, but just for the cause of the Constitution. You know, I had somebody who wrote me yesterday, in fact, early yesterday, Congressman, and they said, "How can you?" be happy about this because this makes us the laughing stock. You know, we're the greatest nation on earth. Well, it's because we're the greatest nation on earth that we can withstand something like this. Uh, I mean, exactly it's why right. we can, it, yeah, it's why we could do this. I mean, you know, there are some banana republics that the guns would have already come out on the congressional floor and they would have re- resolved this one way or another. It, this is just unbelievable to me. That's so true. Even though it's been a hundred years since this has happened, happened several times uh, where there have been multiple ballots cast and to choose the speaker and we shouldn't be discouraged about it the process is working and will work and i think we'll be in a healthier place because of it well i hope so too um so give me your take 80 percent 
80% yes or no, uh, one week from today, is Mr. McCarthy Speaker of the House? I think so. I, I, I think that's a safe prediction. And, I, you know, we thought there was some movement last night. I think there's been some maybe some movement today, This uh, even the last uh, hour or so, of some deals that are being made and, and cut and putting more conservatives on the Rules Committee, which I'm fully supportive of, giving conservatives more gavels on subcommittees. And you know, th- those are all things that are good and healthy. I, I just think we're to the point where we, we've gotten good rules out of it, good concessions, and it's time to move on. So have you seen Nancy Pelosi on the floor? Uh, I have. It's not, it's, you know, I don't go up and talk to her, Pat. I don't go up and exchange pleasantries with you, with her, as you can imagine. But uh, she, she is a fixture on the floor. Do you want I, me to deliver I, a ju- message? Yeah, tell her um, that uh, if you nominate me for the speaker, I expect her to second the nomination. Um <laughs> No, um, I mean, I, but but watching all this happening, and when I see her, she's obviously not getting much play on mainstream media right now, which is surprising to me. I, I don't know if they're afraid to give her an opportunity to gloat, if they're trying to help her maintain some level of decorum that she maybe wouldn't have on her own. I don't even see her face coming up as the camera goes around the floor. Yeah, you know, it's an interesting point. Of course, I'm not watching it on TV. I'm, I'm here, but... You know, the Democrats have cemented their next generation of leadership, and I'll give them credit for it. They, they, uh, they, had, they had ancient leadership in the House and in the Senate, but they passed the baton on to Hakeem Jeffries and a younger set of leaders. And you see Steny Hoyer kind of sitting in the background, the former majority leader, longtime leader. They're mentoring their next generation of leaders. I think this is something Republicans do such a poor job of. We... We, we don't um, work at building up our next generation. I, I intend to be one of these next generation of leaders, but our party as a whole has done a poor job of, of doing that. And um, that, that's why there's so much uncertainty about this vote and where, where it goes. I hope it's resolved quickly, but I hope it forces Republicans to think about how we raise up leaders and train them and, and prepare uh, whoever comes after McCarthy. Or even realize that we have to train leaders. I'm not sure we're even at that realization sometimes. Uh, we think stuff just happens out of thin air, and that's not how you get there. Congressman, for your time today, sir, thank you very much. Hang in there. I'm not sure how much longer you have to hang, but hopefully it's almost over. Will do. Thank you. It's an honor to serve. Happy New Year. Have a good day. Thank you so very much. Third District Congressman Jim Banks, back with more straight ahead. Pat Miller on Wobo 1190 AM 107.5 FM. Podcasts by Federated Media.